Hello and welcome to a special edition of Business Line Podcast. In today's edition, we have a very interesting guest who is shaping the future of Indian IT services. For a little bit of perspective on the sector before we introduce the guest, last year, industry body NASCOM estimated Indian IT industry to be around $245 billion, including more than $190 billion in exports alone. The sector employs more than 5.4 million people in white-collar jobs. After a couple of hyper-growth years for the Indian IT sector, driven primarily by the COVID pandemic, things have become more sedate. The pandemic forced all industries globally to move online, which meant huge growth opportunities for the Indian IT sector over the last couple of years. However, in the recent past, with things like the Russia-Ukraine conflict, a new Cold War brewing between the Western powers and China, as well as a general global economic slowdown, has meant that Indian IT is facing growth challenges. This was starkly highlighted when one of Indian IT service companies, Poster Child, Infosys, in its first quarter results, drastically revised downwards its growth forecast for the full financial year from a band of 4 to 7 percent to a very modest 1 to 3.5 percent. By now, I'm sure you have guessed who our guest for the day is. Let me welcome Salil Parikh, CEO and MD of Infosys. He spoke to me on a range of issues related to uh, whether Indian IT from now on has to resign itself to a single-digit growth rate given its size, issues regarding whether generative AI is an opportunity or threat which is likely to replace low-end coding, future of hybrid work, newer opportunities of growth. Uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Salih. Edited excerpts from this conversation. Where are we in terms of kind of evolution sector. Uh, if you look at his ad, myself, uh, tried to return two, three instances when they said that the NIT sector story is almost, I remember post-2001, again 2008, about 20, 40, 20, 50, with a little bit of a on. Our almond dough hanging fruits plot is the hyper- uh, growth story which Indian IT enjoyed for a very long period of time. I remember coming to Infosys quarterly meetings and not doubled as it growth was not out of the question on a quarterly basis in the very early days. So is that story on, I'm not just referring to the counting, but for the sector as a whole for Indian IT as a whole, is this now more a sedate case with growth where this is a largely mature industry and uh, where do you see things really? It's always difficult to talk about the industry, uh, but but let me start more from the uh, entry perspective, and then you, know, you, you can look at sort of what it implies. But part of it is also different sort of organizations, the different businesses in the industry have a different approach to, to what they do. It's so, uh, and share with you what what we do, right? Why we see, let's uh, say, I'm optimistic about how, how the futures look at. So then in the global context, you know, being in process, we really built a very strong position on digital over the last five years. And that's been uh, one of the main drivers that's fueled the growth. Digital also has, you know, a big part of it is cloud. 
uh, of course, uh, data, cybersecurity, and things in it. Uh, and then now, more recently, uh, you, you might have seen we made a huge uh, launch with the generative AI uh, with our own uh, landed toolkit called Topaz. And so, the the way we see the global tech environment is there's constant innovation and a lot of change in that where large companies worldwide are becoming more and more tech connected, tech enabled, tech driven. Sure. So as long as that thing remains in place, that everybody is more technology that's yeah. connected somehow. We need, we think, you know, Infosys will have an extremely good way of participating in that. And so, to, to your point, my, my view is we have a fantastic uh, uh, output if you look out uh, several years. Everything in the world is becoming more tech. Sure, the people who, you know, like it or not, that, that is the reality. And as that happens, uh, you know, we, we happen to be pretty good at tech. And so we, we think we will be set to it. As long as we continue to, you know, bend capabilities to where the clients are looking to do this. So part of it is things change in this industry. So today, uh, in a generative way, as one of the machines, it's the start of it. So it's not like it's a big part of our work, but it's, it's the time, you know, we were the first to launch to a pass and the first to build out the capabilities. We are inside changing our company to become AI first. Uh, so that sort of a move will help us in five years or ten years. There'll be other changes, maybe faster. So as long as we remain, uh, let's say, agile to those changes, I, I think we have a good good future. And then, if you look at the industry, in the industry remains agile, then then there's a very good future. So it, it depends. What what people know different people and then deciding different things. Uh, I appreciate the perspective which you covered, but uh, just to revisit, uh, I just wanted to understand: is the kind of can booster both with three witness probably close to two decades now? Uh, we had a very large industry now. If you look at what the analytics and research are, total hard B and honest. Totally and on a setting mass on estimated exports are now close to 180, 190 billion dollars. That's a very, very large uh, base. Just trying to understand whether, because of the base effect, because of the opportunity effect, where the industry itself see more of a, there's a more of a mature industry, so probably no to single uh, high digits. Is that the kind of growth which one should anticipate from the sector as a goal? So then again, it is, with my senses, it depends how closely one gets aligned to what clients are doing. So I'll give you an example. If you look at the last two years, Infos is a big company, we grew at 19% two years ago, 15% last year. So these are very large growth numbers on a very large, uh, let's say, set of capabilities or base. So here's the market environment allows it, so technology is allowing it as the economic environment changes uh, through its ups and downs. Uh, and, you know, we, we continue to build it for this, uh, the, the right capabilities for our clients. I think the opportunities are fantastic. So, I don't have a sense of 
what it means uh, when if you look at the past and we look today. But today, if I meet any client, you know, they, they have, yesterday we had a client visiting us here. They, they are the, in an industry in which we are serving, and let's say 20 of the last 25 global things of that industry. Okay. So now if they want to do something which is transforming, there is no better place for them to do it than to do it with Infosys. And so that's all for thing we didn't have probably, you know, 15, 20 years ago as an as a industry or a company. So that makes it an advantage to, to scale up. But cloud, the last few years of the way, even at a very large pace, very quick. And so there are pieces of it which we continue to do that. The more we build a portfolio, which is with those pieces, the more opportunity has been we have. So it, it's really it. What is the where you can address that global market, you know, that that can make the difference. And so I, I remain, you know, quite quite optimistic that it's got a good outlook. Uh, the exact sort of uh, numbers I don't know, but that so opportunity that we have is quite quite large. In good particular effort to the numbers, but because um, uh, most of the market watches included people we have bought accustomed to. He forces historically under promising and over daily. Probably the shocker in last portal was, and you pick the guidance, not the numbers per se, because numbers were largely in line, but with market that for the seven percent or the seven point of some kind of these were not probably expected by the market. I'm just trying to understand. I'll come to the issue, especially of some of the capabilities which you talked about, especially Topaz, I want to inaugurate a little bit more. I want to talk a little bit more the tanning bit and all, but did you miss the beat in terms of communicating? Because historically, you have had an excellent track record in setting market expectations. Has there been a misalignment there than Saparik? Of you, you, therefore, is the opportunity set for not just Infosys, uh, because you're like a canary in the coal mine and not only indicate that. For the Indian IT sector as a whole, is it challenging you actually still open be your town, whatever visibility uh, be have? This some another. So, so the quarter, as you said, was the good quarter. We had uh, 1% quarter on quarter, 4% year on year. Our large deals was very strong. We had 2.3 billion in large deals. We also announced, I think, a large deal after the water closed, but before our results. It was, but with the new guidelines, uh, that 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 becomes part of the announcement. So that was announced. And what what we saw, I think, manufacturing move over 20 percent, kind of life science still over 13 percent, and the order was 10 percent. So we we had. A very strong and sonic water as we saw the market. What we also saw was some slowing, which which had elaborated at the time of the, the results, uh, particularly in financial services, uh, whether it's investment banking or asset management or payments uh, in telecom, uh, in south parts of retail, mm. where in a large digital program was some discretionary projects, you guys were uh, slowing down or stopping given their own, let's say, 
situation in the macro environment uh, and in those industries. So with that, we also saw that some of the new large programs that, that we were winning, the start of that was getting pushed out and uh, the time to close it was a little bit longer. Uh, so those were the evidence we saw, uh, which was a change from the previous uh, results that we announced. Uh, and keeping all that in mind, so those things which are slowing, plus our large deals uh, which were good, uh, we gave her an indication that we see uh, some of that giving us a positive benefit in the back end of the financial year. With that, we changed the guidance. Our view on the guidance typically is, you know, we want to be very clear that what we see in that environment, we want to communicate. So it's not that we have a view on the you know, I have a certain uh, approach of giving a guidance. So we, we want to make sure, given, you know, the way our, our business is run, we, we share that uh, first out. We get the margin guidance steady, in fact, uh, have launched and, and we shared that publicly an expanded program on margin uh, focus with five different elements in it. A lot of senior people now, let's say, engaged more, more closely in it with a new to expand the margin in the medium term. There is so all in all to me uh, that you know was the landscape that we see now. What others, you know, when we see or do, it's difficult for, for us to say, as you said, with us being, uh, let's say, some sort of an indicator. But, but we, we were clear uh, in what we saw, and we want to make sure that that's what we shared. Does the client conversations now revolve more around keeping the lights on and getting things going rather than on innovation? investing for growth. Is that the reason why you are seeing this kind of uh, slight back in terms of opportunity? So where we are seeing some of the large programs are much more focused on cost and efficiency. Uh, as you said, less on growth. Where there is discussion on growth and transformation, the way clients are looking at is, you know, if you can, if we can help them make the current spend more efficient and use that to fund the transformation program. That is something that turns them over to. But standalone growth of transformation program, less discussion. We are also benefiting a lot from consolidation opportunities. So we announced one of the programs where we, we have been a huge beneficiary when the client has decided to consolidate uh, from multiple partners down to a few we we are we are one of them with to expand our, our work there. So those are the sorts of things that are more in discussion. One of the reasons why the market put down due to past three gambling foreign forces was because of this is on your heart since creating emphasis on profitability. And I remember that you used to move the in the early days, even though the company did have the kind of strength which it could be processes walking away from these where it felt it was not in the right context for the country. Because of this current set of market pressures, are you being, because if we look at it, I'm coming uh, to you all this from a little bit of an angle that compared with the, say, the largest EDI or the player, 
the gap between the two over the years has been reducing considerably. So, are you trading a little bit of margins for growth? And given the current pressures in the market, will that also be something uh, which one has to inevitably probably agree to present? So there, you know, our focus is absolutely on uh, high margin business. There is no debate on that within the company. Uh, we have an aspiration as part of the reason we launched this expanded program on margin attention. I think we have areas within the company where we, where we think we can be more efficient. Uh, on pricing, we are very clear. Uh, we have a, a, a clear approach with clients. We, we are not in that sort of uh, position where we ever trade something for something else. However, we, we do think we can be more efficient in the way we are managing our business. And that's the focus that we have. We have uh, some within this program, uh, there are some uh, costs which uh, we think we can uh, scale back on. There are some ways, for example, one of the elements is how we look at our delivery capabilities and the pyramid. And so we think we can become more efficient in those And then we know, uh, looking at uh, what would be those possible areas, then we can expand the margin. That's an absolute focus. Uh, like we did in the past when we focused on digital, or we focused on skating, transforming the company. Uh, what we are now equally focused, the vision of digital and cloud and AI on this margin progression. So my sense is over the next future period, you will start to see that improving as well. Sorry to keep using this word, but uh, historically, Infosys has been very averse to weekend acquisitions, or case not to pass. We will create some of your cross-town drivers. I'm not being averse to making places and bits and so then a paradox number ten habit. Uh you like to spend in the current environment where you go present unfortunately isn't losing the digits. Wavecode we're looking at some inorganic moves which would probably I don't know whether it is to get into a set of domain, uh get into a geo, get into a set of customers, whatever put the reason eat. You kept uh, you know, many moves misfire. You absolutely kept an open eye to looking at acquisitions. In the last few years, we've done about eight or so small acquisitions, and so we've not done anything large. In fact, last couple of years, we've done hardly anything. And pricing was a little bit, uh, let's say, not, not appropriate for us. Okay. Uh, so we, we didn't do it, and we'll see how others have done some, so we'll see. How that plays out. We, we are open to and looking at acquisition, but we are not in the sense of just because the environment is different, we are suddenly going to do something uh, disproportionate. If something, uh, if there is an opportunity, whether it's a small or a mid size or a large acquisition, if it fits our parameters, so strategic team, you can do something. The price makes sense, there's a cultural fit, and we know how we were to integrate. The biggest issue in many, many acquisitions is if you don't have a clear integration plan in six months to two years, it becomes a real difficult thing to uh, execute. That becomes a nightmare. So if you have those you know, few parameters outside, uh, we will continue. Okay. In fact, now with the current uh, market environment, there are many more uh, available. Okay. But it's the same thing. If they fit 
though, those parameters being located, but there's no, like, we, we're not selling, saying, including must or something of some scale at this stage. Before then, what to the next issue? Just that we flick the dosa one more time at this particular uh, question. Just to understand your thought process, obviously, are there uh, markets at which where you think inorganic growth could probably be a better deal than determine the scaling curve? If so, what are those segments? I'm asking not for any target companies, I'm just trying to understand what are the gaps in your portfolio which you think we could address better by inorganic So, there, I mean, either as you know, where the Trade-off is always between, you know, whether we should build it ourselves or we get some time time advantage by buying it. We are fortunate in our size. We have depth in most of the global uh, segments that, that are of some interest to clients. But having said that, we could always do more. We could do more in the cloud area. We could do more in generated AI area. We could do more in cybersecurity area. We could be more in some markets in Europe. So my own sense is there are any cases where I think we can do more. But in general, uh, if you build it, it's a phenomenal way to use the capital of the company efficiently. But if we find this is some time advantage and the other parameters are met, then we, we will deploy capital uh, to, to acquire as well. You start thinking of a scam the marketplace and yeah. the valuations are now better than they were outsourced because uh, the value, they are in a completely different place uh, from where they were if you go. Maybe two years ago, and many of things we, we basically, you know, said no to uh, are coming, coming at a much, much better price if we tissue or something. I want you to talk a little bit to go both to Cloud and can we high step switch in a taken, but before we go there, Anshul has been on both sides of the table. Uh, like, uh, I'm sure that he would also say five years back if we were having this conversation. I remember that the bus was on about Indian IT companies moving up the value chain. So consulting was seen as you you come from tonight. You know uh, the kind of uh, what Indian IT companies in a sense were set to lack with the big demand that's an entire causation. I remember Infosys Consulting was even spun off as a uh, distinct entity for a short period of time. What kind of progress have we made there? Because before you come to the latest current, uh, you know, what's happening with hyperscalers on the cloud and what's happening with Gemini, what kind of success you've had with the past. I want you to talk about what happened to the Infi Consulting experiment. Because I remember he even made some small position in that space. Uh, have we had considerable success out of there? Sir? So consulting, you know, uh, Infosys has been one of the early uh, companies, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago also, looking at consulting. Uh, over the last seven years, consulting has grown very nicely. One of the things we've done is we've integrated it more closely to the overall business. So what we tend to see with consulting, at least as it's working for us today, and uh, Firstly, it's growing well, it's nicely profitable, uh, it's a good business in its in itself. But more likely, a lot of consulting work we do is part of our large transformation programs. It becomes a way for us 
to have let's say more early discussions, more comprehensive discussions, be able to participate for the last programs in a more differentiated way because we have the deep consulting capability. Uh, so to me, that it seems to be uh, working well and is successful uh, in the way uh, we are driving it. Going ahead, we see more and more of this sort of tighter connect uh, between our consulting work and the rest of the work uh, in the company. Uh, that, that will give us, I think, more benefit. Because earlier those numbers used to be called out, which I don't think uh, consulting business and now we do so be called out. So I'm just trying to understand that you have the kind of success from Joanne there. Yeah. Okay, now. So last, if I look last few years, we've had good growth in consulting. The margins also being pretty good. So business doing pretty well. We don't call it out that, that we sort of need to uh, in this environment, but we don't call out many of the subsidiaries. In terms of the cloud opportunity, if we look at all the heightened scaters, the AWS, Microsoft, RIT, SAP, um, what kind of uh, relationships have had? What kind of success have you had in the cloud business? And now, after all the push to public cloud, cloud, there is probably now a greater understanding and it's more of hybrid rather than because of the costs involved especially as enterprises grow from they export to a certain size. What's been your whole experience and uh, how has Infosys been able to take advantage of the opportunity? So cloud, again, uh, my own sense is we've had a huge success. We launched Cobalt, as, as I'm sure you've seen. The thing with Cobalt, it's a set of solutions which are for public cloud, for climate cloud, for software as a service, having for platforms of a really developer part. Uh, and and being believe we have uh, as you point out, you know, there's a lot of work on hybrid. So we believe we have a very good set of tools if clients are looking at multiple uh, scenarios. So today large global companies typically have two, sometimes three uh, public job providers. In some cases they have private job solutions because in many situations where latency needs are different. You need a private cloud solution, like, like in a factory environment or uh, in a distribution uh, depot environment and so on. So there are places within a large enterprise where there's benefits of public cloud, there's benefits of private cloud. We also have a very, uh, so we have strong partners with all, all the public cloud We also have a strong partnership with the component makers of private cloud those are very sophisticated component makers. We have an ability to integrate that. We also have our own platform where we can offer combined components for private cloud when clients want them. Uh, for software service, we have partnerships with all, all the major players. And they, you know, beyond the sort of core businesses, they're expanding. Uh, you know, someone started with uh, area A, they want to do financials, they want to supply chain. So, you know, everyone's going to a broader set, and we have those partnerships uh, in, in good place. I had a platform as a service where maybe everyone who's building new things uh, is building cloud first. So you need that set of capability uh, to build up. So we, we think, first thing, it's a huge market. It's growing well. It was the public cloud players have had some, some considerably overall cloud markets in good shape. 
we, we think we have, with Cobalt, probably the best, best uh, set of capabilities. We have industry-specific solutions. We have horizontal solution. We have what we call uh, components, which can be reassembled quickly. So if, if it's, let's say, you, you are a typical client, you, you could use Cobalt, you will reduce your risk of any problem of the project because many of these are working component. And you probably increase your time, uh, speed, Ali, to reduce your time to, to get things done. So Cobalt uh, has been a huge, huge positive, and I think it continue. There's always a macro which, which will have some sort of an impact in, in, in the short term. But if you look at uh, our good term view, the cloud, cloud story will continue last us. Just like over the years that I've been, various plus winners in the industry, is Gemini AI also another cause type now? What will see the impact? And uh, at least when I speak to a lot of uh, outside analysts and experts, the branching is dark. Um, the Indian IT companies might be probably impacted the most because this will automate a lot of the kind of work which Indian IT companies have excelled in in the past. Uh, how do you view this entire opportunities? In generative AI, I think uh, it is truly sort of um, change. It's a definition that much sort of a wolf uh, in, in what's going on in library. So what are we doing with it? Why is it becoming important? Uh, first, we have anti-projects going on right now. We have 14,000 people chained onto it. But what is generative AI for us? As you know, uh, there's a set of uh, open source generative AI platforms. And then there is a set of what, what, what are proprietary generative AI platforms. We have inside it forces, uh, you know, we, we build software and we also have a product business, Finical. We also have other IT, uh, Equinox, Trade, and also other IT which we built over the years uh, for, for tools that we use. So, all of that software, you know, but that thing is being used a consistent methodology over the last 20, 25 years to build this software. So we have now taken an open source generative AI platform and built their large language module by populating it with our components and our rules. What that is doing is it is allowing us to become even more proficient in building out because the ability of capabilities that our sprints fixes, uh, new modules, uh, this generative AI platform now customized to our uh, software development approach uh, is already working. So that gives us the benefit of, of course, productivity, but also the speed to do vaulting. So we can deploy more people to go faster uh, on newer uh, product uh, announcements about. There we are working with clients. We are taking the same capability to work with clients when they want hard generative AI dude game. Many clients want to use proprietary generative AI platforms who work with them. That application beyond software development in uh, like voice, video, text, and knowledge objects, all of these can be packed with generative AI. Uh, so many clients are doing that. That's among those 18 projects. Proprietary or open source. 
and we are helping that business. Now there are discussions, and all this is a to pass, uh, which is again to me like like Cobon was its uh, leading in the industry. Uh, their clients are today saying, "I don't want to go to the public domain software developer kit." There are some benefits of scale, but there are some constraints also looked at, and the it may not be the most efficiently operating thing. It may not have proper design, whatever. Uh, I built my own did my company. Can you, you know, use your communicate and then create a customized version for us on any opens also of proprietary. Then we are also having discussions with some uh, broader industry. Uh, can we do a cross industry? So, so this generally, I think, is moving with huge speed and there are two big things we see one it makes things a little bit easier everything becomes let's call it you know more efficient but second which is the bigger use is it opens new areas on what things could be done so things where you are not going to track let's say you know video based capability to track analysis data information trends you today can do it relatively easy. So it's a new ad. It's not replacing anyone. And so my own, it's an early day, but my own sort of feeling today is it will make things efficient, but it will open up many more things. And so if you look at all of that, where is the benefit is with that? Because we, all our new training, uh, all the people who are going new training, we're part of the process, only getting changed yet. And so the, where is the benefit? Uh, it is that we will have by ISIS best thing uh, generative ID, which will then uh, be available some things more efficiently, but more newer things that we could do, new clients. And so it, it's an expanding market uh, in that sense. I think if you look with the language and looking backwards, you would only see things, you know, which could become more efficient. But if you look with the lens looking in the front, you will see new opportunities, which is where the technology domain will play. So this is an old buzzword, fundamental once in a lifetime opportunity shift, which is happening because then, yeah. I don't know if it's once in a lifetime, but it's definitely something which is critical for our clients. We have projects, we built to past. Uh, so to me, it's a very, you know, becoming the AI first as a company. We, we have AI assistance for all of our people. Like, let's say we had this development team or the team that is doing in charge or the team that is doing client work, the team that is doing marketing, they all are getting these uh, AI assistants too and as they like for, for doing it. So I don't know uh, which way you would characterize it. For me, it's an important thing that clients want to do. Right? So we are building capability in it. If you look at Indian ID opportunity has been probably because creator of white collar jobs in the country. White collar. Yeah, white collar jobs in the country. Which is why the sector was so attractive, especially for the aspiring class women. Because of Gen AI, they foresee a net reduction in terms of, uh, I'm not just saying for the company, but for the sector as a whole, the number of people probably. Uh, being required to receive that kind of an impact. So it is the same, uh, look, first way Infosys, so it's uh, something needs to be more efficient. But there may 
with many, many things will be much more new work. Mm-hmm. So to do that, typically you need you know, more individuals well trained in that. You know, today, any sort of change in, in the software development approach is an abstraction. So you look at what we do today and let's see compare it to what was being done in machine language or something, you know, years ago. It's, we've abstracted, it's another level of abstraction, it simplifies, but it also expands the sort of opportunity that are available. So my, my sense is it will create more and more opportunity for that. Again, for Infosys, it's when our clients connect with us, they see the depth of experience in their industry. They see the depth of experience in building things well. My sense is they'll be more inclined to work uh, with someone like us, uh, even uh, as a new area start. Since we are on people issues, a couple of things over there. One of the strikes have been a start. India-based VT companies historically has been that irrespective of them becoming global chains, it was staying largely if you look at the share, if you look at the employee base, everything was largely in India. I might say several of the multinationals who have had experience working in some of them. Which are telling but probably more priorities. Have you tried to therefore say have a much more inclusive, culturally say more diverse, Asian in diverse uh, kind of a workforce set? We have, if you look at our focus on ESG, our focus overall on diversity, uh, it's a very, very strong focus. Uh, at the company level, we have, I think, 30, 39% of our employees are women. If you look at a global level, we have begun with different nationalities, whether we look at our European businesses or US businesses working in the company. My own sense is every, if I go back the past few years, every year we make more and more progress to, to those areas. Uh, we of course have much more to do, but every year we, we're making more and more progress in that areas. Given that to an employee-based part, but in my pediatrics, my pediatrics, my best, uh, what's the kind of response post this this thing that most people aims to had got a customer working from all now that there is the synthesis that they come back to uh, a much more uh, efficient workplace where they could probably work in that better set of circumstances. Have you met the kind of challenges and visit something not just the company faces to the sector as well as for me? There are differences in how people are looking at it. So for us first, if I look back over the last several months, uh, even a year or two, every week we have more and more people that are coming into the campus. We today have uh, an approach which is a flexible approach where we have no mandates for employees to cut back uh, in, in any particular way, except when th- there are some client requirements, some, some clients prefer that way, so we have that. And but when there is some training requirement we add. So there is no mandatory requirement that there is no, no match. How many days in a week, compulsory? No mandate for enforcers. It's a flexible approach. Okay. Having said that, every week we see more people that are coming in. Can the office. One of the things which is critical 
uh, in our view is to build you know, what we call the social capital where especially people just finishing college and starting in, in, in work uh, environment get a chance to connect with others and sort of learn formally and informally uh, through that. And we are seeing that you know, we are encouraging people. We are seeing people also understand that and topic that. Having said that, the flexibility that I think we have put in place, you know, having learned from the past uh, experience, uh, is also a huge advantage. We are not seeing, you know, we are seeing employees appreciating that flexibility to, to have different people out uh, some amount where they can focus on all other things that they need, even as they're working very productively uh, in the full night. So my, my sense is we will continue with this approach, which is really flexible towards our employee. Uh, and mindful of where clients need this or where some training needs are that shown. But also encourage people to you know consider how to build social capital. And my sense over time, we have more and more people on campus, but we will always have some flexibility, which I think will remain. Look, that mean that at any given point of time, say, a third of probably all of the employees are on the campus right now. There are different stats. Uh, I don't have them. I, I will share them with you. We even a sort of snapshot at the results time where we add, you know, X number of employees coming in on a once or twice or twice a week basis. Uh, and then there are some differences between because some of our employees were in the larger cities and also moved to the smaller cities. And so that is also now changing over time. But we, we have some stats we share publicly that we did share at Singapore. Mm -hmm. I asked this question with a greater degree of confidence just because of your past. Given that um, Indian IT companies in the past have not been able to be, we as industries think it probably two thirds are losing more from the US market. If you look, it's mostly English speaking markets we get from. Unlike, say, your previous employer where it is such an outsized presence in New York, for instance. Have you had any kind of success in tapping beyond this convention and you may speak your markets? Because I remember there were some experiments where you enforces China for market beliefs, why aren't in other modern English speaking markets with the Germany to its speed, whatever? Have you had any kind of hot brazzy, for instance, Latin art? Have you had any kind of success in progress on the print set? Are you seeing very strong progress in Europe? Uh, if we look over the last uh, few years, uh, Europe growth's been uh, especially strong. We've built, I think, good presence in the Nordic countries, in Germany, uh, in Switzerland. Uh, we're expanding in France. So we start to see the more global companies, more international companies in those geographies, uh, the, the more uh, they are looking to you know, be part of the sort of global uh, way of doing the business where, where uh, we, we have a good play. And uh, we've had a strong partnership in Japan and we have a joint venture. We have a very strong joint venture in Singapore with uh, the NASA. Uh, and so we've built more strategic partnerships in areas where, where we were not there in the past to go with some speed and catch up with. So we, we think though those geographies or geographies outside the U.S. are critical and growing as well. Having said that the U.S. 
is over 60% of our growth today. And it continues to grow very well. Uh, there's a lot of focus on innovation and change in that market. So it's not just uh, a specific sort of point with language, it's much more uh, large design programs are also the DAP market. And where we see more and more of the change in other markets, we, we are fortunate to be part of growth of the European market system. Mm -hmm. uh, something I remember China also specifically mentioned in past conversations. Have you had any success? Uh, in China, we do a lot of work with clients, uh, global companies that are operating in China. That, that has been a huge, huge place. Because all sessions in China is today the second largest economy and global play like Ellison's would definitely be interested in markets like that. So uh, this time too. No, absolutely. Yeah, they the, the companies had a long standing presence there. It's been more focused on, uh, let's say, international companies that have been working in China from our global trade base. Last year, we were a couple of CXO and MBE partners, controlling, I think, one Rington is getting a complicated amount of recruiting closely contact. Uh, how long is your pen span? And in terms of attracting and retaining that intention, not just a CXO, as a whole, especially in a in the long market, just to consider the uh, expectation levels from employees could also take consider. How are you listening to those challenges? So there, uh, you know, we've been fortunate. I think the company has had uh, very strong leadership capability. So we put in place a new structure, uh, essentially a structure, a leadership structure that's ready to take the top be the next phase of our journey. Uh, but most, if not all of those individuals have been with the company for 15, 20 years in different roles, whether they are focused in the market with clients or they're focused on, you know, making sure the overall delivery organization is strong and stable, uh, or making sure the operations are working, or other departments, uh, you know, which are business functions, whether it's finance, HR. So our new team uh, is in place and, and ready uh, for the next phase. My sense is they are many uh, energized, very driven. These are people who had tremendous experience uh, and they have seen uh, that, that they want an opportunity to do more uh, within such a strong Infosys platform. And I believe we have, you know, a team which is much deeper. So over the next several phases of the journey of the company, we are building, you know, each sort of generation of leadership, which I think will help us continue for some time. In terms of sort of overall people dynamics, you know, attrition rates have been cutting down consistently. In fact, I think last quarter we were probably the lowest years from what I saw. We, we feel there's a lot of things, you know, that, that have changed. I think most of the companies, we, we done a good growth path, but, but we also focused on what employees are looking for. For example, uh, the early years, you know, uh, a very clear path of what we deal with the first five, six years, uh, steady movement and promotions. And we've also been, I think this flexible approach uh, has, has been a benefit because uh, everyone's felt that, that that's more useful. So my sense is we have a good people engagement, a good leadership team, uh, ready to do this for the next phase. After working up from Moctis, William London is involved to some extent in the country that do now in an on-executive capacity. What kind of 
start to uh, take his assistance forward uh, as his presence being stabilizing in a sense and given vast expertise. Now he is more of a nasty, he plays more of a nasty and the decade role, uh, especially with the kind of stuff he has done around India, Stakada, and the entire Kohli, Fintech environment, which has been doing uh, so well. How has his presence been? Uh, what kind of stuff do you, do you consider him at all? And if so, what are the areas who get some assistance uh, from him? Having firstly, uh, all the founders have built an incredible business. Having Nandan as the chairman is uh, fantastic for the company. He's a visionary and um, he is very uh, involved in helping where anyone, not just me in the company, needs his LDs. So perfectly happy to, to let, let things be, it's health is not needed. But he has a lot of brilliant views. Very uh, visionary thinking on, for example, AI, uh, for example, digital, uh, what do we do with Delta Transform with the company? Uh, he, he has really vast experience that. So uh, very engaged. You know, we, we are very fortunate with the other founders, for example, uh, yesterday, Mr. Murthy was in the campus and a you know, lovely catch up with him. Uh, I think the, my final experience being very positive and uh, engaging with them. We have our, like something, the Infosys Science Foundation. It's part of our, what the company does to help in many places. So uh, they're, they're, the founders have invited me to, to be uh, as a trustee, so I attracted with them quite a bit. Uh, with uh, Chris and Dinesh, all of them really. Uh, and it's an incredible uh, support. What I find is, if I need to ask for anything, I never have to worry, I could call any one of them. Uh, I mean, and then it's always available, so there, there's never any constraint. In fact, uh, he's he's on the campus uh, every now and then himself, and then so uh, that's a huge positive thing. I think to have the founders be engaged to the degree they want to be engaged. Uh, the best thing for Infosys, anything by by that will be good. So any any future of a scenario by that. One thing the company of the site and scale of it will never easy close to more doing that for that one advice eighteen thirty three dollars and thirty. What a big picture challenges which you personally will be a part which are on you as read out which you constantly monitor. Beyond hygiene issues like growth plans, you know, those are on part for cooks. But more on a medium and long term, whatever challenges will worry and spend a lot of time. I think for that, there's a few dimensions. The first, uh, to me, the most important thing is uh, the culture of it influences. Culture of influences is very much one of making sure that what we are doing for clients always comes through first. You know, there are many things, I'd say, which I consider part of my role, but one of the most critical things is make sure that that culture uh, uh, remains as is and becomes more strong in the car. Because if we can maintain that, uh, uh, when, I, when I came and what was there, to where it will be in the future, uh, that, that is a single most critical thing, uh, I think, uh, for the company. Th that culture that, that I think the Amit got. Uh, and there, there, there are the dimensions that support it. 
uh, you know, what is with clients being relevant to plan and what is with people making sure that they have the best experience in building their professional uh, self uh, as, as they're part of it. Was those really main, main things that uh, uh, I, I look at. Firstly, I don't worry about anything, but as the main thing I look at, I think we have an incredible uh, culture uh, which, which makes it uh, very, uh, and that's very easy for us to continue to do certain things. And to the extent we can keep it and nurture it, that's a, let's say develop it or expand it, that, that'll be good for the company. As I said, uh, I mean, this might, why it might will not be easy. Uh, how many days in a month uh, on the road? What do you do to unwind, relax beyond, uh, you know, listening to these guys pushing you to meet with all kinds of people, including media and records? I'm on the road quite a bit because uh, I, I enjoy meeting with clients and I feel a couple of weeks at least. Uh, imagine. Yeah, at least nearly. Sometimes more. Last week I was in Europe, uh, the one week. So, yeah, I had a week in a week I'm in the US again. I think that's part of what we need because we, we need to make sure we connect with our clients to understand what they're doing. And then uh, the other part is also connecting with our employees across, not just in India, we have a lot of locations, but, but outside. To me, that has its own sort of uh, energy uh, added density that, that connecting uh, with, with uh, whether it's our clients uh, or our employees. Uh, but, but there is there is a travel in that think in terms of inviting have a big uh, uh, Bonniewood fan uh, and love uh, music and a bit of spot and so uh, there, there's enough things to unbind her or does the dust among you lost I'm, I'm gonna be watching uh, uh, Rocky and Ali this weekend uh, so that is on uh, very much uh, but uh, how would I can uh, about kind of music do you listen to I listen to a lot of Bollywood, uh, a lot of uh, Western uh, music, so all, all kinds of uh, food music, uh, or even concerts. What's for the play? I play uh, not very well, many things, a uh, bit of tennis, a bit of squash, a bit of cricket, but uh, not, not, not that not that agile. One of the on that note, thank you for your attention. It's going to be very appropriate. Thank you.
Oui, oui.